Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Okay, really, all we have to say here is you have to meet Niblick. Niblick is the the president Sherpa guide. Well, I'm just he- listen to the podcast. You'll hear it develop as you go. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to get your Blaze TV subscription. Uh, the promo code Glenn will save you 10 bucks. This Wednesday is a Glenn TV show where we'll, where we'll seriously be looking at the president's mental health and what this means for the country. Oh, I was hiking in the Himalayas with Mao and <laughs> Niblick was showing us the ropes, so to speak. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So could we just, I just, I know this came out on Friday, but we haven't had a chance to chat about it. Could you play that again, please, from the President Friday? America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. In a single word. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot, foot excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas uh-huh. with Xi Jinping, mm-hmm. traveling with them. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. I mean, do I need to say anything? I mean, this should be very, very clear. It's a long word. A lot of hyphens. Which which word? Oh, that word that, that describes America? Yeah. yeah was, that single. Hmm. hmm. Um, I don't know what that single word has to do with the Himalayas. Um, you know, I, I wish <laughs> we would have heard a little bit more about his Sherpa guide. Uh, but uh, nothing says America more than the Himalayas. Right. That's what I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe he got to it later. Maybe he's like he did get to a Sherpa guide. Niblick. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's one word that describes America. And that is Niblick. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that would be more coherent than yeah, what we would. got. It would. It would. He he helped me shimmy down ropes. Uh, anyway, um, uh, I don't know what the Himalayas has to do with it. I don't know what the 17,000 miles has to do with it. Um, but the other really disturbing thing, besides not telling us the word uh, and seemingly not being able to find the word uh, 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 foot, uh, foothills, that's disturbing. Um the other is the the last sentence there i i don't i i don't know that for a fact you you don't know what for a fact that you toured the foothills or you traveled 17,000 miles and when has not knowing the facts ever stopped you what the hell is that sincerely what is that you know he's always off to you know my mother was amelia Earhart. no no, she wasn't. <laughs> and now he gets down to 17,000 miles, but I don't know that for a fact. What? 
There's just it strikes me that there are several mm-hmm. conversations going on in his head that he I thinks think, he's following, but yes, yes, like aren't audible to others. So when he said, "I don't know that for a fact," I honestly think that was something he was thinking while he was thinking about Niblick. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know that for a fact, and it just came out. Is it possible the Sherpa's talking to him in his mind? Could be. And he's responding to a very legitimate, like, that could be a really good answer to what Niblick said. We just don't <laughs> we know. We don't know what it is. What Niblick, Niblick said. was like, I, do you know that for a fact? I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> right. That <laughs> might have been, that might have been it. Like, to him, he can't understand why everyone's criticizing right. him all the time, because he's... Having a full conversation that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Niblick is like, are you wearing your mountain climbing shoes? I don't know that for a fact. (laughs) I don't know. To him, it makes perfect sense. As he's saying, I've got one word to describe America. He's Niblick is saying to him, have you ever been to the Himalayas? Yes. Now it makes sense. Right. Right. Like someone interrupted him with a side conversation and he was just trying to be polite. I do believe, however... We should have someone uh, qualified to ask the president if he is talking to Niblick. Because if he is talking to Niblick, I don't know if Niblick likes buttons. You know, I don't know. I haven't met Niblick. Mm. Okay, I don't I don't know Niblick. He might know him very well, but I don't. I didn't vote for Niblick. And if Niblick is influencing our president, we should all know it. Don't you think? We should know that. Yes, that is something. I mean, look, I don't want to be a hater. But if the president does have an invisible Sherpa, we should know it. I'm pretty sure that's in the Constitution. If it's not, (laughs) our founders did not foresee what was going to happen in this country. We can just, you know, 25th Amendment Part B. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. No niblicks. Right. No invisible Sherpas. Right. The Sherpas, if a president is going to have a Sherpa, it should be visible to the people. Yes. That's a very... I think so, too. Yeah. You know, and it might be weird if you're, you know, you're walking around with a with a Sherpa guide. But <laughs> that would have been weird. Would not I, be weirder than what we just heard. Would I feel it? like the Constitution handles the visible Sherpa fairly well. Right. Like, I, we can understand that. Now, if I remember right... Uh, they were saying about uh, Donald Trump <laughs> mm-hmm. when he used two hands to drink water. He's out of control. He doesn't know what he's doing. 25th Amendment. Everybody in the cabinet is freaking out. Yeah. Well, I think that this president thinks Niblick is in the cabinet. And I mean the kitchen cabinet. <laughs> we probably should check. It could be there. I wouldn't. Would you be stunned no. if there was a Sherpa no. living in one of his cabinets? No, I, I wouldn't be stunned by it. Would you? On, and I mean this sincerely. Would you be stunned if he's in the middle of a speech and he just looks down to somebody about four feet tall that isn't there and says, "Stop it, Niblick! I'm talking." <laughs> would you be surprised? No, that's a problem. All. Oh my god, that is a problem. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. No, you wouldn't be. I mean, I feel like we come on the next day and there'd be like Joy Reid would be like, "If you criticize <laughs> Niblick, <laughs> you are you are anti-Asian. That's what you are." <laughs> the white privilege of not having an invisible Sherpa. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
That's really what would happen. Oh my gosh, you know it would. Yeah. You know it would. That's a, that's incredible. And uh, you say it, and it, I, I really could picture something like that happening. Like him just really inventing, like, it would not be stunning at this point for him to blurt out something like, you know, Niblick and Niblick the Invisible <laughs> <laughs> like Sherpa. And it's possible. I think if he did it, you'd have, oh, come on. I mean, he just, it was a joke. Oh, come on. I mean, come on. It, he was, he got a little confused. <laughs> they would justify it. They would legitimately justify it as if it was no big deal that the leader of the free world had an invisible Sherpa living in his his cabinet. I think we should get a hold of Niblick at some point today. Mm. I think we should call Niblick. <laughs> uh, I really? mean, if we can, yes. I don't know. You know, he's talking to Biden. I don't see why he wouldn't, why wouldn't talk to wouldn't us. Pick up the phone, Niblick. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we be able to do that? <laughs> uh, holy cow! No, serious. And now, can, can I have serious? Really, seriously? When are we gonna just say okay? When are Democrats going to join the rest of the world? When? When is someone overseas going to go? Come on, America. Come well, on, really? They they're probably already doing it. I would assume people like Antony Blinken are getting calls being like, what is going on over there, dude? Like, what is happening with you? What, what, what is going on? And Blinken's like, oh, no, no, he's, oh, oh I, I see what you're saying. No, he's fine. You, you are doing anti-Asian bigot. <laughs> I do think that's probably going on already, but I can, I can give you a quick preview of this decision. Uh, it's not happening until 2022, uh, the election. Until that's over, he, they will prop him up and fill him with air and inflate him around like a balloon and walk him around like a you know weekend with Bernie situation, no matter what st- state he is in. He's not sure that's true. They Have you seen the latest? You've seen the latest from the New York Post today on on uh, Hunter Biden. But again, it's they have to get they lose the Senate. They lose the Senate if they if they move him out of there right now. They're going to lose the Senate anyway, I think. I know, but why lose it a day <laughs> earlier than you have to? They're going to lose it anyway, so they're going to maximize this time frame. I, I mean, if there's, you, a, I if mean, there's a moment where they're really going to do this, it's right, it's early 2023. That is the, because then you have enough of an on-ramp to give Kamala, I guess, a oh, shot to, to turn this shot? into something. I, what are you going to do? You can't I mean, replace who, her with anybody. Who would you put, if, if she became the vice president, who would you put as her vice president? She can't appoint anybody. Seriously. I mean, if she appoints somebody with half a brain cell still working, you know, she could appoint Cheech and Chong. And I would still say to her, hey, don't don't walk by any open windows. You know what I'm saying? You'd know who's always behind you by an open window. I mean, who can she appoint? Seriously, because she can't be president. Why? Is because she's a because she has South Asian heritage and she doesn't have a Sherpa. Ah. I want to know who her. You know, that's what we should ask. Who is Biden's Sherpa? Sherpa. Which Sherpa is actually running the White House? You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Michael Schellenberger, how are you, sir? Hey, great to be with you, Glenn. Thank you. Um, so, Michael, um, running for 
the governor uh, of uh, California, you've been there before. You did this, what, four years ago, maybe? I did. We, we ran in 2018. It didn't really take off then. I know so much more now. Yeah. And I'm absolutely you know, heartbroken by the humanitarian disaster that we call homelessness. Our schools are failing. We're in the worst energy crisis that was created by bad policy. So I'm running again. We've got a big movement behind us. I think we've got a good chance this time. I, I really hope so. I mean, Michael, I'm sure we don't uh, agree on an awful lot of things, but at least you're willing to look at facts and figures and see if that makes sense. Nobody is seemingly willing to do that anymore. For instance, uh, California just passed a, um, uh, a law that is going to make the supply chain problem even worse uh, they are they're passing regulation on truck and buses and you've got all of these trucking companies that are being told now by the state i think you have what until next year to replace your truck otherwise if you don't buy a new one with all this stuff on it uh you can't use it in california well who can afford a three hundred thousand dollar semi truck at the drop of a hat let alone a whole bunch of them if you have a fleet. That's right. I mean, the problem in California is that the governor is controlled by a small group of people who benefit from these anti-human, pro-scarcity policies. The truth is California is rich in land, housing, energy, water, but the governor's people, Governor Gavin Newsom, they, tr- they keep things scarce in order to make money off of ordinary people. So when I'm governor, we're going to make energy abundant. We should have abundant energy. Transportation should be cheap. Housing should be cheap. I know how to do that. We can do that. But it's 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 a it's a pro-human environmentalism, not an anti-human environmentalism. So how are you going to get around all of these people that are making so much money uh, going the other direction? I mean, you know, you've got ESG you're facing soon. Uh, how are you going to get and turn the tide on this? I mean, the exciting thing is that the vast majority of people will benefit from more abundant, cheaper energy, housing, water. I mean, I'll give you an example. There's been a fight between farmers, environmentalists, and residents for 50 years over water. Right. But we should have abundant water. We've actually had a we, – we agreed to spend billions of dollars to store more water, the governor has blocked those projects on behalf of his, you know, very well-funded group of people. Jeez. I'm going to build those projects. I already have a mandate to do so. We can also recycle water and we can desalinate water. The Israelis export fresh drinking water because of their desalination program, even though they live in such an arid environment. California should be doing the same. We should be a world leader in desalination. The key is abundant energy. I'm going to make energy abundant again in California. And that's the key to ending this insane war over water. So when you say you have a plan for energy, I know you're an environmentalist, um, but you are not you're not crazy. When I hear Washington state say they're taking all gasoline engines off the road or at least to be sold by 2030, that you can't plug that many cars into the power grid without having brownouts. So what are you going to do about energy? 
the difference between the kind of environmentalist I am, I'm a pro-human, pro-abundance environmentalist. The people in power, the people who created the worst energy crisis in 50 years, we're in the midst of the worst energy crisis globally in 50 years. It was actually going on before Putin invaded Ukraine. He was only able to invade Ukraine because Europe became dependent on Russia for imported energy. I'd been going to Europe for the last five years, six years, warning them they needed to produce more of their energy. They needed to keep their nuclear plants operating. They needed to rely more on American-made natural gas. Instead, they became dependent on Putin. So they were helpless to deter an invasion. California is now as helpless as Europe is on, oh, yeah. and is on Russia. We import 30% of our electricity. It's, a, it's ridiculous. Abundant it's... natural gas is the key to environmental equality and energy security. And yet anti-human environmentalists are blocking natural gas production and trying to shut down our nuclear plant. I, I will. I, I'll tell you, if uh, if some of these states around you wanted to cut California off, they could cripple you just like Russia uh, is crippling Ukraine and Europe. They could cut you off because you're not you're not willing to in California. You're not willing to have a coal fire plant or anything else. So you ship all that energy in. It's it's like saying, you know, we're the United States. We don't torture. We're just going to ghost plane people to Egypt. That's immoral. That's right. Well, if you if you go to people want to they can find out at schellenbergerforgovernor.com. I describe how we're going to make energy abundant and secure in California. Governor Gavin Newsom has made us dangerously vulnerable to blackouts. He says he cares about the environment, Glenn. He lifted the air pollution regulations against burning diesel because we were that close to having widespread blackouts because of his policies restricting energy consumption on behalf of a tiny cabal of ruling class political elites. I'm going to stand up to them. I'm organizing a movement of ordinary folks. Look, most industries here in California, high tech, agriculture, entertainment, these are industries that depend on abundant energy. They don't want to have their energy, their, their life, the life, the lifeblood that runs through the entire economy strangled by a tiny group of billionaires making money on the backs of ordinary people. And that's how we're going to get it done. What do you think of the teachers unions and the, you know, the restrictions for masks and the teaching of, you know, um, transgenderism, you know, in first grade kindergarten? What do you think of those things? I mean, look, you know, my parents were public school teachers. My mom was a union rep. I, you know, I, I think great. I benefited from great teachers, from personalized education. But nobody hates a bad teacher more than a good teacher. My parents would be the first to tell you that. The teachers union went way too far in California. My daughter's 16. They kept these kids home for a ridiculous amount of time. Under Gavin Newsom, California schools became for the adults who run them rather than for the students who need them. We're going to build a consensus around much greater parental choice and control over their children's education. Kids need to get the right education for them. And the teachers, they've just, some, some of them have just gone bonkers. I think it's a minority of them, by the way. 
that are pushing a doctrinaire, ideological, very far radical left agenda. As you mentioned, my, my views are pretty moderately liberal, but the things that they're doing, Glenn, one-third of our public school uh, students are not proficient in math. Half are not proficient in reading. 10% of African-American students are not proficient in, or 10% of African-American students are proficient in math. 15% of Latino students. These are civilization-destroying numbers. Mm-hmm. You, you should not be teaching woke, radical left, doctrinaire, frankly, pseudoscience, when your kids can't even pass the math and reading tests, we're going to make a big change there. The key is greater parental choice and control of their kids' education so kids can get the education that's right for them. How much do you know about the Great Reset and ESG standards? (laughs) I mean, if anybody Googles me online, they'll know that I actually once recorded an interview for the World Economic Forum. Uh, You know know that I came from the, the progressive left. I know. And I've written two books now, Apocalypse Never in San Francisco, that really go through the evidence. What should we, what's true, what's not true? Climate change is real. It's not the end of the world. We've made huge progress. The United States reduced its carbon emissions more than any other country in the world between 2005 and 2020, thanks to abundant natural gas. Thanks to nuclear power, Europe and the United States have reduced our emissions Europe really did since the, since the mid-70s. The World Economic Forum is controlled by big bankers, by those same pro-scarcity billionaires. It's a grift. It's a scam. They want to keep energy and resources, including housing. They want everybody to be a renter, as you know. They don't want people to own their own homes. It's a scam. It's a scam for them to exert greater control over people's lives. Prosperity is the key. Prosperity and abundance are the keys to human freedom, to human potential, to human well-being. It's a very dangerous moment. I mean, we look at look at they they created a world energy crisis. They're trying to create worsening energy scarcity in California. California is where the change is going to start, in my view. We're gaining momentum. It's an open primary. I'm a no party preference candidate. I draw support in equal share, it's quite remarkable, from Republicans, Democrats, independents, because my vision is common sense. It's to enforce the laws, require people to stay in shelter. You can't allow open-air drug scenes, open-air drug markets. We're going to shut them down. This guy is more... Con- parents greater choice. Michael, you, are, you sound more conservative than Mitt Romney. I mean, I would have a much easier time. I wouldn't even think twice if it was between you and Mitt Romney. Um, are you, how, how is this going to work with Californians who are deep progressives? Do you do you feel there is enough of a momentum that you can get Republicans uh, that, you know, want change onto your side and still be able to get Democrats? You know, here's the thing. All the progressives, almost all the liberals and progressives I speak to. They want to feel safe. They don't feel safe right now. The people I talk to, they say, I'm a very liberal person, but I don't feel safe. Yeah. People are terrified, as they should be, of skyrocketing crime in California, the lawlessness, the anti-police protest means that there's 500 fewer police that they need in Los Angeles, 500 fewer police they need in San Francisco. 
my progressive neighbors, I live in the Berkeley Hills. I live in one of the most progressive cities. They want law and order. And there's other things, too, that I'm going to do that that don't easily categorize. We need a statewide psychiatric and addiction care. Conservatives that I talk to understand that people with schizophrenia are now they're shopping for the yeah. free market for health insurance. People with psych, people with schizophrenia, they're going to, they're, they're mentally often are mentally disabled. They're going to need lifelong care. That's a liberal view. I hold, I still hold. I believe that we must shelter all of our fellow humans. It would be immoral to not shelter them. That doesn't mean that they deserve their own house or their own subsidized apartment in Venice Beach or San Francisco, we can't afford that. And that's not fair, but universal shelter is fair. Housing should be earned. If we're going to be helping folks, they need to, to, they need to reciprocate by working hard. You know, we, we are, this governor has done such a terrible job managing our forests. They go up into flames every year. They need to be managed well with prescribed burns. Amen. Managed cutting. And that means that, and traditionally that, that means that we can use people that have been convicted of crimes, people who are in rehab. Yeah. We need more people working in our forests. That's a great job for folks who are recovering from addiction, who are recovering from homelessness, My- and who are paying back the debt they owe society. Michael Schellenberger is his name. He is running for governor. Um, as a independent, no NPP is what they're called. No party preference. Uh, Schellenberg for Schellenberger for governor dot com. Schellenberger for governor dot com. Michael, as always, thank you. Good luck. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks right. for having me on. You bet. Bye bye. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. program welcome glad you're here i was having dinner with chuck norris on uh saturday night and uh he's just an amazing guy just he's just incredible one of the nicest guy he and his wife gina they did kickstart kids and it was a fundraiser for for them and uh it really changes people's lives it really changes kids lives uh, and we were talking and uh and i said to him so chuck at any point at any point, did any punk come up to you and be like, you're not so tough? I said, even in the 60s, you know, you're with Bruce Lee and everything that ever happened. He's like, no, <laughs> no, nobody ever did. And I, he was kind of surprised by it. But I was, I was thinking, well, because you're Chuck Norris, uh, you know, but I would I would expect somebody would challenge. And he said, never, not his whole life. That's oh, incredible. Well. Yeah. Really great guy. They don't make enough of Chuck Norris's now. Um, speaking of shortages, 29% of the top-selling baby formula products are out of stock and have been out of stock by mid-March. Um, Data Assembly, which tracks baby formula stock at 11,000 retailers, they say this is a shocking number. You don't see it now for other categories. We've been tracking it over time. It's going up dramatically. We see this category is being affected by economic conditions more dramatically than others. The second largest pharmacy, Walgreens, Greens, with over 9,000 locations, announced it's now rationing baby formula. Mm. 
Guys, we haven't even started yet. Rationing baby formula. And they say it is because there was a recall in January, uh, but also uh, vital ingredients we can't get. Packaging apparently has problems. The freight costs are through the roof and labor shortages. It's incredible. A friend of mine had a, a baby boy, preemie. I think 24 or 25 weeks oh early gosh. enough that it was like almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, 20 years ago wouldn't yeah. have been possible. Right. And uh, touch and go for a while, lived at the hospital for mm-hmm. six months, I think, uh, finally came home and they have to feed him this very specific type of formula that's easy for him to digest, I guess. And uh, they had, they were, they had months of this formula at their house. And then that's, this recall happened. They had to throw it all out. Oh, my gosh. And now they spend half their time driving around Texas, looking to different Walgreens and CVSs, hoping to find one canister of this stuff. Imagine how frightening that would be if your child could not be breastfed. That would be adopted babies, uh, you know, mothers with with some sort of a problem, babies with problems. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got to be terrifying. Terrifying. And I I mean, he's like, "Ah, you know, we've got about three weeks left, so we should be good, hopefully for now. And we have an order in from Amazon. We hope it comes. Like they're just like on the edge of their seats, trying to figure out whether they can feed their kid or not. This uh, is going to get worse, guys. And I think you're but right. Is we're still at the beginning. We're at the very beginning. Listen, um, it, take care of it. Do all that you can do. This is so important. Do all that you can do. Don't wait. Get food storage. Buy two of everything when you only need one and store one, however you want to do it, but do all that you can do. And then trust, trust that God is good and gracious and that uh, whatever it is, if you don't have enough, you know, that's why you need a network. That's why you need to rely on, on others. You're not going to be, you're not going to starve to death, not in the America that I know. So do all that you can do. Please do it now so you can be a blessing to um, others. Speaking of shortages, how's the car coming? <laughs> we're, we're almost approaching seven months now, aren't we? Oh, no, we're over seven, Glenn. Oh, we're over we're, seven. We're approaching eight months. And approaching. we should point out it's eight months since I officially placed the order. So I went through a very lengthy process of, you know, right. debating it and going back and forth and finally placed the order that was over seven months ago and because uh, your car is like 10 years old or something and it? it's yeah it's it was a it's a 2000 you know about 2011 Eight, i think 11 so i mean it's all yeah. almost you know it's coming up on 11 years old. you don't flip cars all the time no and i like the car that i had so i just yeah. kept it and now we're at 120,000 miles on it now i know it could ride a little bit longer but you know i am i am thinking about every time i get in the car i'm like this is like the transmission's gonna lock up today isn't it yeah you know something's gonna happen yeah. where uh, I get no value out of the car at the end, or I'm going to have to so spend. You, a you're giant really amount. ahead of the game, really in some ways. You know, <laughs> almost eight months ago. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wish I kind of went earlier because uh, uh-huh. maybe I would have had the the car delivered uh-huh. already. But so I then decided, you know what? I'm going to go with an interim car. I'm going to get a new car that's not exactly what I want. Um, that's not the one I ordered because I had I want to get something. Yeah, in case this in case this up, thing yeah. dies. Yeah. And, um, but you know, it's running great. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah, should yeah. last for a longer, a long time anyway, hopefully. But the, uh, th- right as I'm ordering that one, which is supposed to come in today, 
Wow. By the way, today. Yeah. We'll see. Couple weeks. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago I did it. Yeah. And then right as I, like three or four days ago, I got an email from the first dealership and said, your order was just pulled for production. So I said, what does that mean? And she said, we should have a target production date within 30 days. Oh my gosh. So that doesn't mean I get the car within 30 days. It means we should have a target what a target I production can't, data i don't days. i mean this is the life we're all going to be living now this is the life we're all going to be living because i keep thinking about how bad my my situation is and it's bad uh, you know i mean from the perspective of like this is america yeah right yeah, like yeah. i order a freaking car it's not bad i mean they're we're not playing be, a violin for you but it's they're supposed to be yeah knocking at my door every hour of the day to make me buy a car. That's right. Remember the car salesman yeah. thing where they're like, oh, they're harassing now you all they're the like, time? Now they're like, I'm not sure they're we never... can get you into a car. I'm trying to spend money at these places. So they won't even return my calls or yeah. emails. It's crazy. So, but my story pales in comparison to your story. Oh, don't story. bring this up. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Which I remember, I think... I'm pretty sure Mitt Romney was running for president when you ordered one particular So uh, I bought vehicle. an old Toyota Land Cruiser. Right. <laughs> and I just all I'll, I just I just wanted it to work. Okay? Just wanted yeah. it to work. Right. Uh and uh now 3 years later. <laughs> 3 years later. This place that I don't know what I was thinking. Uh this place that is is working on it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. They because they, I blew my I blew a gasket last summer, and I'm like, okay, guys, put it in a box. You don't even have to put it together. Just put it in a box <laughs> and send it to me. Uh, so it's an old Land Cruiser that you were getting like to recondition, to so you could yeah, so you could actually use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How old is it? Uh, 1976. Okay. So okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Modernizing it a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so. So I, I said, just put it in a box. No, no, no. You will have it. You will have it by Christmas. I better damn well have that car. Well, no, 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 no. I, I made the mistake. I didn't ask which year. Okay. <laughs> I just assumed it was last. And then they said, it'll be right after Christmas. Then it'll be at the end of first quarter. Oh my gosh. Now we're at the end of second quarter. I think they sold this thing. I think it's gone. I think they maybe had a fire. They sold it. I don't know what happened to it, but I don't think I'm ever getting this car. And if they happen to be listening, put it in a box and <laughs> ship it to me. Good God almighty. You know what? There is oh, what's happening to us now is I have a I have a an old cabin that was the original rat infested falling apart cabin built in like 1890. And in it is the original wood stove. And it says right on the front, Ohio, you know, made in Ohio, 1891. And I have often thought, I mean, the town that that cabin is in is still only 500 people. So I can't imagine how few people there were living in that area when that came and arrived in the Wells Fargo wagon in 1891. And I thought, imagine what a big deal this was. Yeah. Back then, I bet I bet neighbors came from miles around to see the new stove. Yeah. If you would have just gotten a new car. I wouldn't I would have been like, oh, and I would have seen it in the parking lot, walked around it and you would have talked to me about it, blah, blah, blah. 
Now I want to drive it. Now I want to. <laughs> I've got to see this car. It's like the Wells Fargo wagon. We're going back in a time. We're like, wow, you got a new spoon. Wow. See, this is the best argument for Biden's presidency. He's increasing the drama of yeah. every purchase. Oh, there's, you don't know when it's going to come. Yeah. If it will come. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Lots of drama. Lots of drama. Na, 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 na.